0: I want my team to know that they are valued, that the work they're doing matters, that we care about them, and that we have the honor and privilege of doing something really meaningful for students and families, and we get to do that together.
1: In today's podcast, we will be having a conversation with Ellen Dore, Chief Technology Officer of an urban school district, about the challenges, successes, and lessons learned this school year. Tech Talk for Teachers is brought to you by Avid.org. Avid believes that to close the opportunity gap, we need to accelerate learning, not remediate. For more information about Avid, visit their website at Avid.org. Tech Talk for Teachers. Want to practice? Tech. Tech Talk for Teachers. The podcast where teachers discuss how technology can positively transform teaching and learning. I'm Rena Clark.
2: I'm Paul Beckerman.
1: And I'm Pam Beckerman. We are
3: Digital Learning Specialists.
2: And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies for remote, face-to-face, and blended learning.
1: Education. Education is our passport to the future. Our quote today comes from Kelly Nichols and Rebecca Middles from an article they wrote called Getting Clear, Schooling Loss, Not Learning Loss. In the article, they say, The narrative of learning loss is weaponizing static achievement against young people and families in ways that further harms them in a time of global pandemic and disarray.
2: I totally agree that focusing on loss can be harmful. We need to inspire our kids, not shame them. Shame does not lead to success. It makes me think of one of the guiding principles when I was a classroom teacher. Whenever I planned lessons, it was always remind myself that success leads to success. Now, this is not to say that everything has to be easy and productive struggle and growth mindset are not good things. They are. But ultimately, we want kids to have success so they can gain in that confidence. They learn what it takes to overcome those obstacles and become better. And um, I think we really need that positive focus. And in that light, we have to remember that our kids have been learning this whole year, even if it's not always what's being measured on a standardized test instead of asking, where is the student struggling or behind the average, we should say, what are these students' strengths? Where did they really grow this year? And how can we leverage that to keep advancing them further down the road? So in my mind, that's how we accelerate growth. And I I really like that quote there, Reno.
3: And I like what you said too, Paul, about um, keeping it strength-based focused. I don't know, for me, every time I hear that phrase, learning loss, It really makes me feel like school is being seen as like an industrial entity where we're supposed to be manufacturing our learners into some kind of final common end product that if they don't get a piece of learning installed at a given point on the assembly line of schooling, they will be missing a part that keeps them from being finished. And as humans, we hopefully are never finished as learners and um, assembled into the same type of end products anyways. I mean, the reality is our learners always come to us with common as well as unique pieces of knowledge and skills. And I think it's our responsibility to identify those strengths and needs to help them grow as learners. And certainly this past year um, has likely resulted in some knowledge and skills that need to yet be learned. Our students, like Paul said, have also gained knowledge and skills that are not easily measured, but I strongly believe have positively added to them as human beings. So strength- Based focus like that.
1: So for this episode, I am really excited to welcome Dr. Ellen Dore. And she serves as our chief technology officer for the Renton School District. And I say we because I'm from Renton. So I I do have some bias, but that's okay. Go, (laughs) Renton. She oversees technology services customer service, infrastructure, and digital learning. And then she did spend a decade, over a decade, as a classroom teacher, mainly at middle school, developing a strong commitment to educational equity and system design and a deep love for students and their families. And I'm really excited because she just very recently completed her doctoral in education leadership and policy studies. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, (laughs) she did that through the University of Washington. So we're going to start off by focusing in on our challenges and successes. So, Ellen, what have been some of your successes this year?
0: Well, thank you for having me first. I wanted to say that. I also am a little biased. I think Rena is amazing. She's a wonderful (laughs) educator, so passionate, incredibly creative, always really like solution focused and thinking about like what will really inspire students and, and how to help them grow. So I'm really grateful to be here with her and with you. Successes. So I think there have been a ton, I think, as you were naming at the start of this, students are learning in all kinds of ways, students and families, like they are making huge adjustments, and um, coming up with creative ways to, you know, adapt to how things are. And one thing we've noticed, we were asking teachers earlier this year, like, what's some learning you've been really excited about? And I remember when teacher saying, like, my third grade students this year can research and read informational text and navigate between different texts way better than any other group of students I've had before. And I think a lot of it has been around this, you know, required independence or exploration where students are going to have to click on some different things and not break the internet, but like, you know, learn in some different ways because we've been in a full remote model for quite a bit of the year. We're in person at this point but that's been a real big success just you know learning that we can learn and that it can look different and that you know some exploration and failure is also part of that i think with our teachers and our educational staff as well people really having to do things a little differently and iterate like i think that's been super powerful challenges there are a lot this year from you know health concerns to uh, racial inequality being really f- at the forefront and you know, the remote model is, is tough in a lot of cases. And there are a lot of, you know, pieces that are missing for people in that. A big challenge as a technology department has been around providing adequate support to families. Some families have had some different experiences with technology that, you know, allow them to say like, well, I know how to like set a certain filter or I can sit there and help my student and navigate with them. And we have other families who've had less technology experience who speak a language other than english and so that's been harder to provide that kind of support and remote support is is a particular challenge but i would name another success is just around like the teamwork involved in problem solving around that so that's been powerful
1: and then you've kind of brought it up a little bit but what role did technology play in helping make this year as successful as it really has been in Retrospective, this had happened, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago and very different.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. We heard this from students, too. At the start of the year, um, we did some empathy interviews with students to kind of see, like, how has technology been working for you this year? And a student at one of our high schools was like, can you imagine if this happened in 2013? Like... We would not have been ready. I
1: think what sadder is that 2013 sounds not that long ago to me and to them that
0: sounded right to that kid that was like eons. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I would say like a couple of things that have been, that have really been in our favor is that because of our strong technology levy that's been approved by our voters, we were already moving toward like a full one-to-one model. So all of our, not all of our students, but all of our students in secondary, so grades 6 through 12, had their own device already, and we had a home hotspot program. Already in place, um, so there were things that we needed to expand. It wasn't like we were just trying to figure out. I know some other districts, you know, had to bring on board so many devices and and try to figure out how to get all those platforms connected. And we had digital learning coaches already, so we already had some of the infrastructure and the the human support in place to help people think about how to use different tools and resources. We did have to think about, well, what does this look like for a kindergarten student who hasn't come to school yet? Like that is different, um, but we had some of those pieces in place because we had already established that, you know, having direct access to those learning resources was really important for our students.
2: You've kind of alluded to it a little bit, just that there's lots of people involved in this whole process of, you know, helping our our students be successful and our families be successful. Can you describe how that team effort has kind of worked in your district? How has that played into it?
0: Yeah. So I'll give kind of like a a case study example. So at our schools, we have some school based folks who are kind of helping with um, technology pieces. So I'll give the example of one of our middle schools, um, we have a technology resource specialist. So that person's job back in the day had been like, support the computer lab and then support the computers on wheels, like the cow cart. And then they've shifted towards support the one-to-one model. And so we've we've had families say like, we're not able, we don't have internet service. So... What support is there? The technology resource specialist can help to like request a hotspot from us. And in some cases, they've delivered them to homes. They've helped um, a family learn how to like turn them on, go through like sort of the troubleshooting of like connecting it, making sure that other things in the house are not connected to it as well, because that'll slow down Zoom meetings. So the pieces that have to be in place, though, is like someone on my team has built out a really clear application process on our website that can be clicked through either by the family or by some. On the school team to kind of request that hotspot, then it has to get delivered to the school. It has to be registered, right? It has to be delivered to the school. It has to get to the family. And we've had community partners help to pay for some of those hotspots as well. So it really has been this like huge group effort to um, make sure that things are in place and that we're supporting families' needs.
2: I'm really struck by the caring nature of what you're doing there. I mean, your technology department, but it it feels like. A caring department, kind of. Um, you even had the empathy interviews. I love that. I'm going to have to steal that and and bring that back to our district. That is fantastic. Are there other ways that that you and and those in your system are tending like to the hearts and souls of the people? Because we know people are hurting during all this time.
0: Yeah, one of the things I shared with my superintendent um a few months ago, I was asking him like, what are your what are your goals right now because it felt like we were in such a reactive mode of like, here's the new guidance from the state. Here's the new adjustment from the state. <laughs> this like and here it is later. Like that's an hour old, ignore that. Like it was exhausting to just try to react to everything all the time. And so I was also trying to think like, what are we what are we building toward? What are we aiming for? And I had said to him at one point like I want to keep my team in it. People are scared because my team was working in person when the state had closed. Like, you know, the technology team, like you can't repair hardware unless you like go, you know, you're working on that device. So people were you know, a little bit overwhelmed in a lot of different ways. Like we hadn't faced a global pandemic of this proportion before. And so there was fear. We were overworked. like there were lots of help tickets coming in. And my thing was like, I want my team to be in it. Like I want them to know that they are valued, that the work they're doing matters, that they matter as people, that we care about them, and that we um, have the honor and privilege of doing something really meaningful for students and families. and and we get to do that together. And I will just say, and actually,
1: like a practice that Ellen does, even just sending a text or email to say you always have something positive, just a little message. And I know for me personally, because I had the privilege of working under Ellen, that would make my day or just help me drive like when I was tired or overworked. It would helpful. And I'm I'm wondering if there are any other like practices that you might share, like little SEL moments that maybe you implemented that could be helpful for other people.
0: Oh, great question. I mean, it's been hard in this, like... Having virtual meetings, because like in the past, I would have been like, we're going to have a meal together, like we're going to get together in space and do that. For the winter holiday, I hand wrote a card to everybody on the team and mailed them to their homes to be able to give that kind of note. And then with our team meetings, we always start with like a connector. So sometimes it's like a prompting question, like just kind of checking in. Sometimes it's just a rose and a thorn. And we definitely leverage breakout rooms to stay connected and have that like sort of like table talk conversation and from the the surveys that I've given to the team to kind of check on the pulse of like how how we feel as a team people have named that structure as an important piece for us to feel connected and feel like they can they can reach out to anybody on the team because we know each other a little bit as humans which matters
2: I am again struck by the community nature of your of your work and and that caring piece and you mentioned earlier a little bit about equity and how that was important as a school leader, you know, as you're thinking about families and students that have been harmed by systemic racism or things like that, how do you work toward positive impacts in those areas?
0: That's a great question. I mean, I think sometimes people think well, technology is race neutral. Like, mm, but it's not, you know. <laughs> like tools get used to do the things that people want to do. So, we we have to be really thoughtful about that. I mean, as a department, we've have made some decisions around how we were going to begin programs or implement programs. So, one example is that as we were starting with our one-to-one model, we prioritized the schools that are in the communities or the area of our district that is um, some of the most underserved area of the county. And not to say that that's not a rich area that has like incredible strengths, but had been underserved by the community or sorry, not by the community, by the county. And so that was a place where we prioritized having one-to-one first um, and having the home hotspot option. Another thing that we've done is is think about like where and when forms are needed, signatures, because I spoke with my team about this, like thinking through who is the impact hard for, right? Like, well, you get the, the form signed and then you get the device. Well, let's think about who might have trouble getting something signed. So we're adding layers to a student who is already possibly experiencing some barriers. So we've tried to remove those when we can. I think another thing is that We try to think through um, decision-making from a couple of different angles. So just recently, and this is a very concrete example, we were looking at our web filter settings. And we have a number of categories that we could kind of look at to see what we might want blocked and allowed. And a few years ago, we had a team decide that our high school students should have the same settings as our staff. um, And so that makes it a lot easier for What students have access to when a teacher's designing a lesson, they don't have to say like, well, can the student get to this website? They know that they can. It's a little bit different at elementary. We know students need to be a little bit more protected. And a category that we had discussed at our coordinating council was one around personal banking. And so a few people had said like, well, I don't think elementary students need access to this. So we should have that blocked because we don't want them to like accidentally, I don't know, personal banking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) accidentally give us some money.
0: (laughs) Right. But one of our um, administrators pointed out, you know, for some of our families, this is the only computer, like they might, they have cell phones, but this might be the only computer. And maybe a parent is trying to do some personal banking on the school device. So we said, we won't block that. We're not going to limit that. I mean, I don't know if that is like, if that specifically addresses your question. But I believe that's an example of how we need to be thinking with an equity lens and who is being negatively impacted by something and who is benefiting.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think that intentionality about it, that's huge. Yeah, that's what struck me too.
1: And I think that's being more implemented as well. I know as part of the district, just on a team, we were deeply invested in like with some criteria around looking at some different digital tools, specifically around adaptive math instruction. And we had, you know, some categories and we had this rubric and we immediately got feedback that we needed to include. It was very important that there was a section around equity and some other concepts that needed to be included when looking at digital resources. And then we had an interesting discussion about what does that look like in a digital tool? What does that mean? And then from that conversation, we were able to move forward and have some of those look fors. So it's becoming more prominent. And even when we're Researching what kind of digital resources are we providing for students and what lens we're using when we look at those resources?
0: Yeah, who's being represented? I remember we did a, we did a review of a, a math course once and it, the course had videos of teachers and for like 11 of these 12 are white males. So how many students can see themselves as a mathematician if this is what they're shown as the model?
3: You know, part of our experience this year, right? I'm a silver's linings person. I really think about lessons learned and then our next steps. So when you think about that as a system, what has changed to improve support and learning for your students and educators as a result of this experience?
0: I think that we're clearer about how interconnected things are and how all of these pieces need to be fitting together, right? Like we've, just during this conversation, we've talked about like social, emotional learning and cultural responsiveness. Like that is important everywhere. So rather than thinking like, well, here's where this learning happens and here's where this support happens over here and this piece is over here. Those things are connected and need to be integrated together in order to really, you know, foster, the kind of learning community we we need to be providing to our students and providing with our students and families.
2: All right, let's uh, take a switch over to our teaching toolkit. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What? What is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out. So Ellen, we're going to kick this one over to you. Is there any technology? Now you're chief technology officer, but is there any technology that has been central to the success of schools, teachers, and students this year? Like if you're going to add one thing into our listeners toolkit, what would be at the top of your list?
0: You know, I think the one that I've been pretty excited about this year, because it's pretty easy to learn how to use and because I needed a digital replication of post-it notes for brainstorming, would be Jamboard. We've used Jamboards. We did this recently with um, a coalition we were bringing together of, of students, families, and educators. And we did not need to give any directions. Like everybody could figure out pretty quickly how to do some like brainstorming and make digital post-its. And then we had people categorize them. So it was a really great way to, in a virtual world, help people get ideas out and then start to look for themes. I think that's a really powerful one.
2: And that is so key. If it's so simple that nobody needs to learn how to use it, they just automatically do it. And then you can go to sophisticated thinking, you know, using that simple tool.
0: Exactly. You don't have to do the whole like, here, we're going to learn the tool. It's like, just click that button. Okay, we're good. Like, let's get the thinking.
3: Nice. Yeah, we definitely enjoyed using Google Jamboard this last year and definitely plan to continue using it as well. We are actually ready for our next section as well. And it's our what's your one thing. It's time for that one thing. So as we think about our conversation with Alan, what is your one thing?
2: I am going to go back to one of the last things that you said, Ellen, and that was the interconnectedness of all of these things. It's okay. So maybe one of our primary jobs is in the technology area, but it's not just about technology. It's about the weaving of all these things, the interpersonal things, the multicultural pieces, the culturally relevant pieces, the SEL pieces, they don't work in isolation. And I think that's my big, big one thing today.
1: And I, I just am always impressed with the, the systems thinking and thinking, I think back to what you said, Paul, the heart and soul of people. And it's not just the people that we think of typically being in the system, the teachers, the educators, and then down to the students. But it's bigger than that. It's families. It's the relationships and things that we're doing with community partners. There's just so many different voices that you're taking into consideration and how valuable that is with empathy interviews, whether it's with you talking about this collation. I just take away that we're using so many voices and gathering different information to help move the work forward. And it's not just driven by a singular voice.
3: And the word I had is intentionality. I could really feel your intentionality about things. And I think the word you use, Paul, that interconnectedness, you're very intentional about finding those interconnections and a systems approach. And even the words you choose, like empathy, interview, that intentionality is so important. And I could feel and hear that.
1: And we're lucky to have you. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here. So thanks so much for joining us today, Ellen. As always, I really appreciate your perspectives and insights. You've really opened up some new doors for us. And (laughs) (laughs) hopefully we can keep the door open for more conversations in the future. Thank you so much. (laughs) This was super fun. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can explore tech tips, grab-and-go lessons, templates, and videos that will help bring remote learning to life. We want to hear from you, so let's continue
3: the conversation. Join us for the first and third Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Central for a live chat on Twitter, where we will facilitate conversations related to remote, face-to-face, and blended learning. Look for hashtag Tech Talk for Teachers. We will discuss your responses on future podcasts.
2: We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers.
1: And remember, go forth
0: and be awesome. Thanks for all you do.
2: You make a difference.